citizens, welcome to Beer Me a Movie. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And this is a show where we arbitrarily score movies on a kind of one to ten scale, zero to one hundred, kind of overall. It's very scientifically proven that it works, folks. <laughs> Somehow. Uh, we line up with the Rotten Tomatoes critical score, audience score. Well, I gotta finish what we're drinking. Them's the rules. You guys made them. We didn't make them. They were uh, given to us. They were bestowed upon us. That's from true. on high. We used to have 15 categories, and then I dropped uh, one of the <laughs> one of the tablets. tablets. Is that what happens in that movie? <laughs> yeah. God has given me these 10 commandments. These 15 categories <laughs> of movie scoring, and I dropped one of the tablets. And now here we are, and that other voice that you heard... Don't tell anyone, but he's our most handsome guest by like a long shot. Wow. Dude, you should see the ugly motherfuckers that we have on this thing. <laughs> but then there is Kyle from the Experience Grind podcast. All these motherfuckers are going to pay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you make an intro. Yeah. That's it, man. That's how you get them. So Kyle sent us some snail mail on this one in a birthday yeah. card that had a Batman nice on it. Card that from was Gam to Gam Gam. grandson. Yeah. And Kyle, why don't you tell everybody what you have bearded us to watch and talk about this week? Uh, I bearded you guys a movie called uh, Samurai Cop, and uh, Brian and I were talking off mic earlier. We pretty much described it as, uh, what else were we talking about that was like, oh, uh, Kung Fury is like the disaster artist to this movie's The Room. There's a lot happening in that statement. It's a lot to break down, isn't it? All masterpieces. I think when you get to the the heart of it, you realize like, yeah, that's pretty true. A lot of people uh, that they, they cite the, the room as like their favorite terrible movie, but not me, man. This one's all it for me. I'm going to be honest with you. This might be my new favorite terrible movie. Oh, there's so much right in it, and it, it it almost seems like it's fake, but it's not, and that's what makes it all the more amazing. There's something endearing about how hard they're actually trying. But that's the thing. I don't know if they are sometimes yeah. because even the, one of the first shots that's in the true. movie is just a quick zoom on a guy wearing sunglasses where you see everybody working in the movie, <laughs> like in those sunglasses reflect back. Like there's surely there's no way that they did that on purpose. Surely. Dude. All right. So I, I gave you guys a drinking game in the liner notes of that card. And you mentioned, like, the first shots in this movie. I love in the first shots in this movie, you get both the real hair and the woman's wig within the first, like, <laughs> two and a half minutes of him getting out of that car and sneaking around. And then, dude, that thing shows up repeatedly. It's in so many pickup shots. It's not hard to spot, either. It's not hard to spot. Also, I'm dead. I'm a ghost now, because I played the drinking game. Yes. So uh, I'm coming to you from beyond the you grave. Would be hammered. Do we want to recap the rules of the drinking yeah. game for our listeners? Yes, 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 please. Rule number one, drink once every time that Samurai Cop is wearing a woman's wig. Rule number two, drink twice during a borderline softcore porn scene. Rule number three, drink once every time someone references his Japanese expertise. Rule four, drink once every time the same shotgun appears in a new shootout. Yep, that's the one that killed me. <laughs> and rule five was, take a sip when you notice awkward dialogue or sexual harassment, which is the entire movie. Yes, it's the <laughs> entire yes, movie. Yes. This movie was shot without sound, which is not uncommon. A lot of old Italian movies like Fellini flicks were shot without sound, and then it was all put in on the back end. That was just the process. This is from 1990 fucking one. 
Oh, yeah. They shot it wild. ASMR. All over the place. Did you say ASMR instead of ADR? Yeah, that's what I said. ASMR. Well, that's how <laughs> that's close the to the mic. Difference. It is it almost <laughs> is the way some of the like they're very sensual when they record these up in the mic. Like, ah, the difference between ADR and mm-hmm. ASMR. ADR in this movie, like, look, the boss is coming. Or, hey, wait a minute. No. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. And with ASMR, it's Bentley. My favorite. Uh, my favorite. I don't know if you've seen those videos. We'll get to that it eventually, but I, I have my favorite ADR in the whole entire movie is when he just decides to go visit the editing station, which is obviously just where that guy was editing parts of this movie at that day. And he's like, hey, <laughs> yep. let's film a scene here. And so they've got the ADR of the old guy that's running the place. <laughs> the, the chick's ringing the emergency bell, and he's like, hey, are you expecting anyone? He's like... <laughs> <laughs> Samurai cop goes, no why? He goes, that's the emergency warning. <laughs> like, but just the 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 voiceover guy they got for that old man is, I think it was just the director doing an old man voice. Apparently the director, Amir fucking Shervin, because yeah, I'm giving it to him. Famous director, Amir fucking Shervin. <laughs> he did 80% of the voiceover ADR himself, mm-hmm. which is a which is huge phenomenal. number. <laughs> That's why half of the characters sound robotic, because they had to do stuff in post to make it sound different from his voice. <laughs> right. And it's not like he'd be able to hide his voice. He's an Iranian filmmaker. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds very, very specific. And also, when you look at this thing, you're like, wow, this is a great student film. Also, this guy had a career in Iran before he did this movie, and he was 62 years old when he made this movie. Also, before this, would you believe he had a history in softcore pornography production? Yeah, I can totally buy that because the lighting on some of the softcore in this how about, was. Mwah, how about, yeah, I was going to say, how about just the softcore scenes in general? They're the best. You scenes. made Robert Zadar look hot. Oh, man. And I never thought I'd be saying about that, about someone with like cherubism. Apologies <laughs> to any of our cherubism listeners. We were saying, but the oh, beard boy. helps. The beard helps the beard so helps. much. Like, you think it's just a nice, full, thick beard. And then Brian was like, no, that's just the shape of his face. <laughs> yeah, that, he has realistically just a longer five o'clock shadow. But with his cherubism, cherubism is when the bottom part of like your mouth, some people call it a jaw, I guess, it protrudes a little bit more than normal. He's got Gaston jaw without Gaston face. He's got kind of Gaston face there too, too, bud. Without the beard. He's like the anti-Ebert. That's right. Oh my God. <laughs> Everything that Ebert lost, Robert Zadar took. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it's the weirdest yin and yang. And then you have Thanos just standing over, perfectly balanced, as everything should be. Robert Zadar is the, uh, chin, the only one that gets a full nude sex scene, or at least his lady. She, she's, uh, she does full frontal. She does full frontal in one of the many love scenes of this mm-hmm. movie. Oh, yeah. And seeing a close up of Robert Zadar doing a makeout was jarring to say the least so it does like the weird thing where like they actually are making out and it's not like movie kiss make out it's like oh they're, yeah. they're like this is this is awkward <laughs> at one point i feel like she sucks on his chin a bit and it's very weird he sucks on her that's chin what an awful is. lot too. that's what it is yeah there's a lot of chin sucking lot to the point sucking. that even bruce campbell's blushing over it i'm sure would you believe that the redhead lady in this movie was a porn star <laughs> the one who did full frontal? No way. 
Shocking, I know. Oh, good for her. She did wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful work in this. Uh, do you want to just get into this thing? Oh, we're already mostly it's into this beautiful. thing. Yeah, this we're, thing is I a gem. Like we're pretty into it, so we might as well fully commit. Speaking of which, anybody who knows anything about AI knows that it's constantly evolving. And now that the SAG after strike has ended, writer McStrikely can go back to pursuing his actual dream of being an actor. So our synopsis this week is going to be a little bit different because it's going to be from writer McStrikely's take on the character Joe Marshall. In what way? In that writer McStrikely is going to be acting as Joe Marshall. Oh, this is fantastic. And recapping the movie for us. I can't believe that we have a robot playing a robot. (laughs) All these motherfuckers are going to (laughs) pay. So now I have to assume the role of writer McStrikely as Joe Marshall, I guess. I guess so. Good luck. I'm Joe Marshall, the samurai cop. Oh, first person. Got it. All right. (laughs) I was trained by the masters in Japan, and I speak fluent Japanese, but I dress like a commoner. I have a long, flowing black wig that I wear most of the time, except when I'm undercover or in bed. Sometimes I switch to a short, curly brown wig for no apparent reason. My hair is my trademark. Is it his trademark? Because the thing I notice most, until he gets in a bathing suit. And, uh, <laughs> like, you know those bathing suits that go way up on the hips of a lady? It's a bikini cut. Oh, they, they do have the yeah. the terrible 90s thongs that are super high up, which were prominent in uh, The Sopranos, too. I don't miss the, the, the 90s thongs. <laughs> they really make the butts look tall. They're not good. They're not good. That's a weird thing, though. You don't want tall butts. Kyle is on this episode. Because he has beard us this movie, but also he is our resident butt expert. Well, like I said, too, this movie shows your higher than average butthole. You see two in this movie. Do you really get butthole? Yeah, you see the redhead's butthole and uh, the, the helicopter pilot blonde girl's butthole in the movie when she swings over Joe's. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's- Usually I, I'm good at spotting butthole, oh. and I completely <laughs> missed it. It could have just been because I was sitting there just like. What more are they going to show us? <laughs> you don't know at first how far it's going to go. And you are a bit, you're okay, not even a bit. You're very thrown off. The very first. Very thrown Well, especially because they smash cut right into a sex scene. Uh, it's also after the most, like, number one, they're on the radio just having the most sexually harassed filled conversation. <laughs> Keep it warm for me. It'll be warm and wet, Joe. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> And then he winks at the camera. And then also, like, she's with, like, a pilot who's also hearing everything. And she's just like, hey, Joe, my pussy's real wet. Are you going to fuck it? And this guy's like, lady, I'm flying here. What are we doing? <laughs> They're mid-car chasing. He's like, I'll see you later. Smash cut to them in bed, completely naked. And they're just doing a makeout, even though she kind of gets on top uh-huh. at one point. But you don't see any. And it takes forever. This movie is 96 minutes long. And I would say the very gratuitous making out, because there's no sex, but the very gratuitous making out is a solid 25 minutes. There are four different scenes of topless women making out in this movie. Yes. With different variations of gross men. Well, you have two with Matthew Caradas. Yeah. Is that how you say his name? Even though it's Matthew Hannon in this thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt Hannon, who's... Not this. He is the same person, but there's also another Matt Hannon who died at some point. <laughs> Wait, are you saying this person like assumed another person's identity? No, I'm saying that a lot of people thought that Matthew Caradus was dead because Matt Hannon died, and then he hmm. showed up and and did the sequel to this movie. Um, 
there's a whole little bit that happens in the middle that you know can I just read you? Yeah, okay. Matt Hannon's <laughs> Wikipedia page because Let's get into it. First of all, he's yeah, one of please. Sylvester Stallone's bodyguards. Ex-bodyguard. That's how he became yeah, that's how he became yeah. familiar with the film industry and decided that he wanted to have at least one percent of what <laughs> Sly had. Quote and he nearly got there. Um, after this movie wrapped, he took part in an armed robbery stealing a Rembrandt painting from Gene Scott's University Cathedral in L.A. And then served a lot of time in prison mm. and got out just in time to do the sequel to this movie. <laughs> I don't know if that's like the sandwich you want on being on the inside of like, yeah, I did a samurai cup. Then I did a dime. <laughs> I stole a Rembrandt. I stole a Rembrandt. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to uh, steal everybody one. Everybody assumed I was dead, but I was just in prison. That's the one to go for. Da Vinci's too hardcore locked down, but a Rembrandt people know about. A Rembrandt. Accessible. Still worth a lot of money. I went and saw a Rembrandt exhibit at a museum once. I'm that big of a nerd. I remember shooting at the Brooklyn Museum of Art, and we were able to clear every single painting in this giant gallery we were shooting. And it wasn't very hard to do until we got to the corner where there were multiple Rembrandts. And the owner of them, because everything's donated, is like, you guys can go fuck yourselves. Yeah. And then I was tempted to call Matthew Caritas and say, hey, bud, let's, you're not doing anything now. I got Come one hell of a job out. for you, bro. <laughs> Listen, we're filming a mo- No, we don't want you in it. There's some Rembrandts in a background scene that- Man, all those motherfuckers away. are gonna pay. <laughs> you would think it would be- uh. Akamura that would do it because he's got like a whole odd job vibe. You would think he would also just be a killer. Oh, he does a sex too. Oh, of course he does. The, there I forgot is about a that sex his, scene is, with Akamura. his is the grossest one. It is the grossest one. I feel like for him to be in the movie, I feel like they that he had some sort of martial arts expertise and he agreed to it yeah. only if he could get some topless girl make out too. He's got a pretty good fight scene in this thing. Yeah. He's like, hey, if as you're good gonna- as it's going to get, really, but still. <laughs> If you're going to have somebody suck on Robert Zadar's chin, I can get a sex scene, too. I mean, I am doing all the martial arts coordination on this set. Oh, man. Oh, Samurai Cop, you beautiful, beautiful gift. <sighs> That's like a three chapstick chin to suck on. That's a big one. <laughs> three chapsticks? That's like three lifetime supplies of chapstick. Yeah, you got to keep loading it up and then just moving to a different oh. part of the chin. We got to show a picture of... Shaved Robert Zadar to people. It's a, it's a, it's like he's like, stop what you're doing and Google it. Yeah, right he looks now. like Mount do you, Rushmore. Do you know the troll face? <laughs> yeah, it looks the like the troll face of like the yeah that Brian just did it. It's hard to do in a visual medium here. Bro. Oh yeah, if you just know the standard troll face, it might as well be Robert Zadar. He could collect royalties on it if he weren't dead. Super duper bucket kicked. He's, he's totes dead. He is pretty dead. Just like uh, what if Robert Zadar had gotten cast as M Bison in Street Fighter instead of. <laughs> okay. That's not bad. Right? He could have had a legacy. He does have a legacy. <laughs> for Samurai <laughs> Cop, man. Samurai Cop. <laughs> Speaking of which, I work for the LAPD. And they transferred me from San Diego to help them stop the Katana, a ruthless Japanese gang mm-hmm. that wants to take over the drug trade in LA. They call me Samurai because I'm the only one who knows how to use a Katana, <laughs> the Japanese sword. That's what it means. I also love Samurai Cop that. You're fluent in Japanese, and nobody ever asked you to speak it once in this movie. <laughs> I don't think anyone spoke Japanese. They said at katana. All in this movie that means Japanese sword, Dave. I know yeah. they just translated it for me the thing I knew. <laughs> I also have a gun, but I prefer to use my sword whenever possible. 
It's more personal. I'm just like thinking like, what does Samurai Cop eat? Sushi. Can you translate that? I don't speak Japanese. Well, it's what it means fish with rice. That's pretty much the level that Raw Japanese is on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what do you drive? A Honda. I can't understand this guy. He doesn't drive a Honda, though. He drives a shitty little Chevrolet Malibu. He drives a shitty, shitty, a shitty, shitty Chevrolet Malibu. Malibu. <laughs> it's Dale Earnhardt. Yeah, color. it is. It's great. It's black and silver and red. Uh-huh. The, the pit red. Oh, pit, man. Right? Ah, oh, we we're gonna jump they're around. They're eventually a lot. in a Honda. I love when though. the redhead jumps into like as they're escaping the hospital. That's also a dentist office. I don't know if you picked up on that. <laughs> Did you see that door when the the cop leaves and it's clearly it says Doctor Blah 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 it's Dentist DDS DDS. Oh. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. But as they're leaving that, oh, when she man. hops in the getaway car, she has to adjust the steering wheel down before she backs out. <laughs> I don't even think she had to. Oh, I think that that might have been a choice. They were uh, adjusting it to her before uh, they shot it, and no one locked the steering wheel, and it just went down on her. And then she's just like, "Fuck, leave it." God, this movie, I'm, I'm method. <laughs> we only have enough film for one take, so fix the steering wheel and let's get going. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands when I'm not playing with dicks on screen. This is different. They've got thirty <laughs> chairs going down the hallway. <laughs> Why are there so many chairs? <laughs> so many ch- It's like a knocked up uh, mushrooms dream. <laughs> like I said, like yeah. this movie is like everything that a fake bad movie does, but they did it for real and they tried. They tried. I think that's the part that hurts the most is that they tried, but they also delivered, just not in the way they wanted. Oh. Not the way they were hoping to. Ugh. My partner is Frank Washington, a tough black cop who always has my back. Together, we are unstoppable. He makes jokes and wisecracks all the time, and I laugh at them, even when they're not funny. <laughs> he also likes to flirt with women, especially nurses. He's a ladies' man. Oh, the worst nurse in the entire fucking dentist's office. Imagine Joe Marshall accusing Frank of being a ladies' man and flirting with nurses. I thought it was adorable that Joe Marshall flirted with another cop while he was still in the same room as the cop he just went to the bone zone with and then he slapped his hand <laughs> yeah, and went like no no hands. and i thought it was adorable it was so good it's <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the whole movie it's like how did you just manage to bone zone one set up a bone zone for the other and still look endearing to both somehow that amazing part to me was a total and this whole movie is one overall but that was the most lethal weapon ripoff scene that was such a fucking oh yeah mel gibson like oh just slapping his hand after flirting with one girl in front of another one he just boned but yeah this whole movie's a lethal weapon ripoff and you got mark frazier playing frank washington i don't know why i'm naming the actor you're never gonna hear these people ever <laughs> he's again. got mark the best frazier. facial expressions in the movie they cut to close-up of his facial expressions <laughs> and this All man leans in in the most beautiful way so I was watching this movie, and when the scene came up when he was reacting to Joe Marshall talking to the nurse, I was like, oh, that's where I know him from. Reaction gifts. Ah, yeah. He does have a really good one. He does. He has, like, the same reaction that, like, John Cena has in one of oh, those yeah. gifts also. Yeah. Where he looks, and he has to find the camera with his eyes while still looking surprised. <laughs> yeah. He does the one where he, like, he looks innocent and whistles. And I use that <laughs> yep. one all the time, and I didn't know what it was from until yesterday yep it's this it is this i was like that's where i know this guy from 
the first time I saw this movie, like I was falling in love. But at the scene where the nurse and Joe have this whole little tit for tat, that's when I was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Do you want to fuck me? Just immediately. <laughs> what? And he, he picks up the stethoscope and goes, bingo. Bingo. <laughs> and then I love how the entire time after that, she's got the commitment and the confirmation. And then she says, I bet you're packing nothing down there. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me make sure you measure and then she up. Molests and she molests him. Junk. She molests a cop in the middle of a fucking hospital, right outside of a room of a dude that's been burned alive. And she's like, let me feel your dick, officer. <laughs> oh, it looks like the doctor who did your circumcision took too much he's off. He's like, no, he's a good doctor. <laughs> Uh, this is the director. Um, I don't really have anything written here. Can you do five minutes of small dick jokes, even though you just committed <laughs> oh, to man. boning? It's... Can you guys do that? Be great. That'd be great. Oh, the boy. first thing she says, or yeah, she's like, "Do you like me? Do you want to fuck me?" <laughs> it escalates fast. It goes again. So it leans into the softcore porn aspect hard. I'm surprised they might have even shot a scene with these two, and he's just like, "No, we can't." We can't have them fucking too, guys. It'll just be too much fucking. I'm trying not to do softcore <laughs> porn. Trying to move on. I want this to air somewhere other than Cinemax after 11 p.m. It's unrated, obviously. The Katana are led by Fuji Fujiyama, a cold-blooded crime lord who has a beautiful girlfriend named Jennifer. He also has a loyal henchman named Yamashita, who's a master swordsman and has a scarred face. He used to work for the same masters who trained me, but he betrayed them to join the katana. He hates me and wants to kill me. Oh, man, those stakes are through the roof. It's so high. You know, the uh, Japanese mob, famously, has a very Japanese name that I would expect somebody fluent <laughs> Japanese to know. <laughs> Yet it's never once mentioned would... in Samurai Cop. They, they never mention it. <laughs> Not once is the word Yakuza ever mentioned. Not even in a terrible 1990 way like Yakuza. This is the uh, director again. What was that word you just said? Wow, I like that. Can we name a sword that? <laughs> the Yakuza. That's awesome. This sword is the Yakuza. Fuji Fujiyama. <laughs> Did you write it that way? Because he doesn't... I always thought he just was disrespecting his name by trying to pretend he didn't remember it. Which, again, discredits his so whole too. fluent Japanese thing. Big so, Mr. Fuji, uh, Fu, Fu, Fuji, whatever. <laughs> it's like, dude, don't you speak this? It's literally listed on Wikipedia as Fuji Fujiyama. <laughs> I don't think that's supposed to be right. Now. I don't think it is either, but that's amazing. Mr. Fuji, Fuji, Fujiyama. That's what I thought he was doing there. Fuji, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever, not going to work here anymore. He's, he is having a nice lunch with Jennifer and... God, I just love this 90s decorating, this lion. The stuffed lion <laughs> head oh. on the wall. I, I know we're getting to my favorite scene, like, now. Keep going. I, I'm so excited for this. Yeah. Okay. We've talked about it already briefly, and I'm so excited to talk in great detail about this next scene. We tried to bust the katana several times, but they always escaped or killed our witnesses. That. Hard stop. <laughs> when they break in to the quote-unquote hospital dentist office. And I like how they leave one cop out in front of what? this room to, like, protect it. And they're like, hey, Don't let only doctors in. and nurses go in. All right? Only doc and then a nurse walks in, like, right away, and the guy's like, I don't give a shit. Another one rolls in to change the garbage can. 
I gotta change the garbage can. You'd be imagining that, like, this would be like a tiny little one where you throw some, like, tissues in. No, no, no. This is one that has a big flappy front to it. The entire garbage can. And the best part about it is that you have Mr. Fujiyama hiding not in the garbage can. But no, in the, the Whatever it was, they don't give a shit. Why should I? <laughs> <laughs> He's not hiding in this garbage can that's been changed. He's hiding next to it in next the giant open it? space mm-hmm. in this cart that they're wheeling in. <laughs> well, yeah, in case they want to look inside the garbage can. Also, as soon as I... I love when it reveals <laughs> his face. Direction. This movie has, again, I'm pretty sure the director did the soundtrack too. But it cuts the, it's like real intense shit. And he's like, he slowly rises up with his little katana. One slice cuts Mm -hmm. the whole head off. Cuts the whole head off of this witness that's already burned. And that witness's blood is still coming out his burned up face pretty good because it's (laughs) bright red. I've watched enough CSI to know it's got to be brown to know that it's dry. Mr. Fujiyama is is like demanding the head and just the acting when he's like, I want his head. On the piano! Bring it right here! On the piano, yeah. Ah, it, it's fascinating that Robert Zadar is the acting anchor of this movie. <laughs> he does fine. He Which is leagues above everybody else, except maybe Captain Romer. Oh, Captain Romer. <laughs> Captain Romer might be my favorite of the movie. They also killed some of our fellow cops, and we swore revenge. We chased them in cars, helicopters, boats, and motorcycles. I don't remember those last two. <laughs> there was a boat. They put drugs on a boat at oh, one that's point. That's right. There were like drugs the on a boat. And then they didn't bother really chasing it. it would, also, the boat, the boat name? Rental boat. They just... <laughs> rental boat. They obviously, <laughs> the, the rental company, they got the shittiest, cheapest boat, and it's just plastered on the side and like those stick-on vinyl things that you cut out yourself. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. And then... I love that the suitcases were super beat up like they just bought them from Goodwill. Like, <laughs> yep. shit, we need some suitcases. Go out and get some, Tony. They give like a, a knowing nod to each other like, we just dealt drugs. And then <laughs> The deal is complete. Thank you for these drugs. Let's go. <laughs> we shot at them. They shot back at us. We had many close calls and narrow escapes, but we never gave up. I seduced Jennifer and made love to her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. Already. The abruptness there is actually appropriate to the movie. Yep. He does show up outside of, like, her church just stalking her like a weirdo, and she's totally into it. Well, he asked the question. After, like, I asked her, she's like, no, I'm doing this this day. I can't do it. Like, oh, it's Sunday. I got to go to church Sunday. Oh, yeah, no problem. So what church? The Presbyterian church on blah, blah, blah. And then he's there. In his suit with his ponytail, <laughs> his ponytail. and his fucking <laughs> viper sunglasses. I like, she's like, oh, you were in there too? He's like, no. Nah. You didn't see me? I was giving the sermon. <laughs> she's like, quit kidding around. He's like, I'm not. Ah, beautiful. Fantastic dialogue. <laughs> and then, yeah, she just goes, good old church girl, goes home after church with this cop and totally bangs him. Well, yeah, she's got a clean slate for the week until next Sunday. I love that they, they go to the beach and then come back and swim in his pool. Yep. But they and went all the way to the beach the first. Dinner. Yeah. And then they slowly spoon while she has her top off because it's tasty. Also, Matthew Caradus is a very fit man. Oh, yeah. He's in good shape. I for was sure. surprised because I thought you were going to get some weird ass, like going back to Rembrandt, like cubism, Elon Musk style. <laughs> <under there. laughs> Like old fifties no, gangster, to... like tough guy types that were like, nah, 
Barrel nah, chest. Yeah, yeah. Barrel right, chest. Yeah. Quit sucking in your gut to see what we really got here. <laughs> he had to be in at least better shape than Sylvester Stallone. He did look it. He did look it. He, he looked good. He's also got that 90s, like, hairy chest look. Oh, yeah. That you would just would want to slip into and be embraced by on a cold summer's night. You just want to run your fingers. Right, yeah. yeah, You want to lay on that chest and have that hair just come up like tendrils of love and wrap around your head. I get why Jennifer and Helicopter Pilot Girl are in it. Man, poor girl, she gets fucking... And the nurse. Well, the nurse was, but then she was more into uh, Frank. Because the the doctor took too much for the circumcision. (laughs) Exactly. I love he's like, nah, nah. He's like, like, he's a good doctor. He's a good doctor. It's like the weirdest selling of it ever. Like, she's about to leave, and, like, the scene's over, and he, like, puts his hand up, stops, she's like, it's big. I mean it. It's big. I got enough. I got enough. Big enough. I like bigger. Jennifer told me everything about the katana, and I promised to protect her. She fell in love with me and my beautiful hair. (laughs) Fujiyama found out, kidnapped her. He also sent Yamashita to kill me. He said he would cut off my head and put it on his piano. It's got one move, and it's a weird move. It's a very weird movie. I love that, like, while Joe is just boning Jennifer, just taking her to the bone zone repeatedly, all of his cop friends are getting tortured and murdered. <laughs> yeah. He's just having the absolute time of his life. I love that they have no idea where this guy lives, but they know exactly where all of his uh-huh. partners live. They're just like, all right, well, let's just go to the lady cop's house and, and Frank's house, and they'll know where he lives, surely. Let's go pull his wife's boobs out before we cut her throat. It'll be cool, guys. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that other guy. <laughs> the other guy who on the stakeout, uh, Peggy, uh, is like, well, we're not doing anything. Want to fuck? Right! <laughs> I like her reactions. Oh, you. <laughs> like, it's a totally normal thing. Oh, my God. Too dude. much, Officer Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> the dial, it's just so, like, out of nowhere. Do you remember that news story a few months ago about that, that cop that banged, like, the whole precinct? Oh, yeah. That's Peggy. That's Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> he sort of looks like that cop too, to be honest with you. A little bit. TBH. TBH. Peggy, uh, I love the helicopter scenes when they're obviously just like the helicopter's not moving at all. <laughs> just they're sitting just, on the yeah. Just right there in the camera. I think my favorite part of all those scenes, this is going back a little because this is like the opening car chase type thing. Uh-huh. And they pretty much gave like a green light to these two guys to bring down LA's biggest crime ring. And I like how you have Washington yelling like, oh, should we call for backup? Which then Marshall comes and he's like, we'll call and we need it. <laughs> like, How much more badass could you be in that moment? That's pretty, yeah. A, irresponsible, but B, badass. Is immediately taken away when repeatedly throughout that car chase, he says the same things over, which is shoot, shoot him, shoot, shoot, shoot him, shoot, shoot, shoot him. him. Oh, shoot. you got him. Shoot, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> he kills three of those people one of those guys has the sweet ass mustache and then that last guy gets burned alive and he's yeah. just running around in the suit well i love how in the back of like that van at the beginning of this thing right before they do the drug deal out in the open one guy walks to the back of the van open he goes all right now you guys stay here and then he just closes the door it's like <laughs> yeah i bet that was part of the initial plan why are you reminding them on the day and you're just opening them up, and I, that's the first appearance of our shotgun. It is. It's in the back of the van. First of many. I would buy this shotgun. If it went up for auction, I'd right. buy this shotgun. It's in every fucking scene. Oh, absolutely. Scene. I love uh, the guy that's shooting it when he gets taken out. 
so many times in this movie they they use like the the sped up footage trick. <laughs> yeah. Where, where obviously this van was moving at like three miles an hour when this guy got shot and falls out, and then they speed it up, and then they run over him, and again he's got the ketchup blood like on his. <laughs> he does. <laughs> well, most of this movie. When someone gets shot, you can realistically play like Russian roulette for drinking. Whenever you hear a gun shot, is it going to bleed or not? Mm-hmm. Because it's real 50-50. Every bad guy has to be shot at least three times to actually go down. When they fucking run into him at the hospital, this hospital shootout's great. But I love when like all the henchmen are coming down and that big black guy with like the black, uh, oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> the shirt, what am I talking The The tank top. And, like, he walks up all buff, and Robert Zadar, like, stops him with his hand, and then he's like, yeah, you go too. And he strolls down there. Ah, that guy's the best. <laughs> Not get your arm cut off the best, but he does get shot up by Robert Oh, that's Zadar. a magical moment. Oh, so good. The arm getting cut off? Man, everyone. Yeah. God damn it, you guys. This movie's so good, everyone. It's so good. So good. It's, again, like, it's what a spoof movie would spoof and in any, any other movie it's so cheap but in this one it's not because ah the wig is in so many fucking scenes it's so <laughs> my favorite thing is that you're able to watch this for free on plex on uh-huh. tubi might even be on freebie but in the options when i was searching on amazon for this movie you could watch the movie or you can watch the movie with riff tracks uh-huh. yeah riff tracks has actually done this movie twice once as a regular riff tracks and once as a live event brilliant it's the movie that keeps on giving. I found this movie because uh, of the uh, the Red Letter Media guys. They fell in love with this movie, and I used to watch them. I've watched them since the beginning, and they turned me onto this one. And then they actually had Matthew on, like, I guess whenever he got out of prison. It was a good interview, too. <laughs> it's good, too, because he's wearing the wig at the start. I love it. It's, it's well, really He keeps good. talking about how basically the wig goes back to him thinking he was wrapped on the movie. Yeah. Cutting his hair, and then them calling him back. So they got him a woman's wig that doesn't look anywhere close to the actual length of what it used to be. <laughs> well, it was like it was like three or six months after they had told him it. Like it was a long time after it had wrapped too, to where he's like, "Yeah, well, I'm moving on. This hair's great, but I got to do other things." And then they're like, "Hey, we need you back." And he's like, "Hey, we still have to shoot half the movie." <laughs> oh, so- but then he was saying in this interview that he was purposely flubbing scenes because he was getting pissed off at the director, and the director just threw him in. Yeah, I believe that too. <laughs> Guess that's on me. That's what he said. <laughs> he said the director kind of showed him. I love in his fight with Akamura, where Akamura legitimately pulls the, the wig, wig off, off of him for a second. It's so great, dude. You see it pop off. <laughs> Just left it in. Ah, so fucking amazing. It's got so much more curl and bounce than his real hair, which his real hair is real nice. It was real thick. It's not bad. No. It's like Pantene Pro-V commercial kind of hair. I mean, it's... Standing under a waterfall kind of hair. And you have the CGI vitamins and nutrients going into it. <laughs> yep. The yeah. aloe disappearing into his cranium. Oh, man. the uh, All the beds, like I said, they're, they're that beautiful early 90s like floral print that's on everything. And it's like soft pinks <laughs> and soft greens yes. everywhere. I'm so in love with the set design because it's like a time capsule. Of what decade, though, is the problem? Yeah, it's like, the, it's 91. <laughs> like, the furniture that has, like, the wood rounded corners and then, like, the shitty metal that goes through the middle of that. Oh, oh my God. I I can picture it as you say it. <laughs> we exactly are, what you're talking at this about. point in this movie coming out, two years away from Jurassic Park. 
Oh my god, isn't that amazing? Just keep that in the back. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) My boss, Captain Romer, gave us the green light to wipe out the katana. He said he didn't care about the rules or the consequences (laughs) as long as we got the job done. He also said he was tired of our bullshit. (laughs) Captain Romer is crushing. He has three scenes in this movie. In every scene, he's pissed off at both of them. But in the third one, he admits that he loves those boys. Of course I love he does. He's, yeah. he's yelling at him, and then like the scene keeps he going. The the last pose for so long that you know it was supposed to cut, but then he like leans back and smiles, and they're like, "Okay, I guess we'll just keep that in." It's so great. He's like pointing, and then he he freezes on it forever, and then he sits back, and then he smiles to himself. Oh. <laughs> so beautiful, man. My favorite actor in the movie, Dale Cummings. He does crush it as the captain, who is obviously just again. The, the angry captain from Lethal Weapon. That's all that they're doing. Yeah, pretty much. We stormed their hideout and shot everyone in sight. <laughs> I fought Yamashita with my samurai sword and bested him. Yep. Right before I chopped his head off, Frank reminded me that I'm a cop. <laughs> I told you he's got my back. He has the sword up over his head and Wash is like, hey, you're a cop, dude. And he's like, oh, right. Drops oh, right yeah. there, walks away. Doesn't do anything with this criminal. Just leaves him there. So I didn't kill Yamashita, but I didn't stop him from an honorable samurai death by seppuku either. Which he does perform. Although they he does. does, and and you have Joe and Wash just walk away from it. Mm-hmm. After Wash is like, "You gotta stop! You gotta arrest him!" He's like, "No, no, he's a samurai. I don't see him die with this. honor." <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy because they've literally murdered every other criminal at this place. <laughs> every single one. Every single person has been <laughs> shot and killed. I rescued Jennifer and we kissed on the beach. She said she loved me and my hair. I said I loved her too. Masterpiece. A masterpiece. A masterpiece. Yeah. This movie would pay the rent for sure. I think I would give Ryder McStrikely the role. Absolutely I would. He did pretty good there. Story and motivation? That's a cool eight if I've ever heard one. <laughs> That's such a high number. <laughs> I love in the uh, the final shootout too. Like There's so many times. So much of this movie is just like they're filming obviously and one guy's like hey i can do this and the director's like oh cool let's do that like there's the fucking buff blonde guy with the curly hair he's like hey i can jump up on that roof and the director's like oh yeah cool and so he just runs out throws his gun up like awkwardly climbs up on the roof i love it too when he gets shot if you look there's like a little padded place where he's supposed to drop his gun and he does drop his gun but it's so padded and bouncy the fucking gun bounces off the roof anyways <laughs> everyone who dies in this movie and falls over very much looks at their landing uh-huh oh yeah they're, they're protecting every single the gun. that shotgun every time they like fall and hold it so that it doesn't get hurt every time we have to protect the shotgun it's in every scene <laughs> what a beautiful weapon oh uh, story motivation yeah, i know, you said eight, I know what i said i can't argue an eight for samurai cop boys Here's the thing. I'm going to be, I'm going to trend so high on everything. I'm going to help you, buddy. Don't you worry (laughs) about that. Oh man. An eight. Yeah. Unless you got something else to say. We still live in a democracy for a couple more years. We can vote on this. An eight is very high for the plot of this movie. Well, yeah, but you're not really saying much to argue it. You loved it. Is the plot of lethal weapon good? Because if the plot of lethal weapon is good, then you have to say the plot of Samurai Cop is good. It's an eight. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. There it is. Okay. Got to bring in a Samurai Cop from San Diego to stop the not 
Yakuza. <laughs> Not That's Yakuza, right. just the Japanese mob. <laughs> the Katana. Who are obviously the biggest threat in mobsters in America. All right, eight. <laughs> Casting. I mean, I, I come down a little bit to like a seven on it, I guess. <laughs> you could go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The only named person that I ever knew of in this movie is Robert Zadar. Is the only other yeah. person. Well, I take that back. I have seen some of the redhead ladies work. <laughs> it's okay. Good old Janice Farley. I did, I did look so, it up. That was Jennifer. After this Never movie, mind. I was like, that lady strikes me like she's in pornography. And then I was like, all right, I was right. She is in pornography. <laughs> so uh, it's not the softcore variety either. Uh, that checks out. <laughs> She had to play it down. Yeah, she does do the full frontal. <laughs> right. And then uh, she takes a pot. So the, the final shootout in this movie is so confusing because so many people come around the same corner. And yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so hers is my favorite one because she comes around the corner holding what looks like an MP5, a sort of mm -hmm. machine gun type. She goes, and then she has to reload. Yeah, <laughs> like she immediately she starts to reload it. Yeah. In not even a second. And then gets my shot. favorite transition is during the the katana fight between Joe Marshall and Yamashita when they're both doing their fancy sword work and then it cuts to the other person doing their fancy sword work in the exact same location. The background doesn't oh, change. Yeah, yeah. I love about that one is that you can see, like, uh, especially on Yamashita's sword, it's dinged all the fuck up because they've been, like, <laughs> sword fighting with it all day and, like, doing those yeah. shots and it just looks like absolute ass. It looks like tinfoil, especially down at the bottom, because they've just been like hacking the shit out of <laughs> these shit. It's a bold choice to go swords. close up with those. Yeah, it's great. I love that part. With most of this movie, it's a bold choice to go close up. <laughs> That's true. But casting. Yeah, that seven. I came down to earth. Unless you want to dig a nerd. I think like crust. a five. Oh, like a, a five, five would like be right down the middle. I thought you were going to go yeah, for. Obvi obviously, a five's the right answer. <laughs> Okay, five is I'm, I'm so high. happy with five because Dave went seven. I thought Brian was going to go three, and then I was going to pitch five. And then we nice would balance. be at a five. So five. But I feel like let's cut through the bullshit. Just go to the five direction. <laughs> you still could five. pitch a six as the balance, Kyle. Here's the thing. Yeah, I, no, no, five. As, feels as right. a huge fan of this movie, I the casting is. <laughs> Who the fuck are spot these on? Movies? You're right, Kyle. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Protagonist. Oh man, Joe Samurai Marshall. Woo. We've got a samurai cop who speaks fluent Japanese, who's a master of Japanese arts. He's got ex Sylvester Stallone <laughs> bodyguard whose eyes are very close together. Yeah, and wears a woman's wig for half the movie. The thing about him speaking fluent Japanese is he doesn't have to in this movie. You could buy it. like I speak fluent French, but I don't have to use it. Mm -hmm. I've heard you say sacre bleu. So <laughs> I, know. I don't know that that's true. That's that's all they run around the. Streets of Paris saying to each other, right? They don't say it right in Paris either, apparently. They go, ah, Hey, you hungry? When one of my... Uh, go get some food. My homies surprises me. I always say, sacre bro. I love that. That's adorable. Sacre bro. What the... Hang there for a bit. <laughs> Not blue. Brew. Yeah, that's right. Sacre bra. Bra. There bra. it is. There it is. Ah, uh, Joe Marshall. He is a, uh, he is the, like, again, it's what a fake movie tries to do, and then it feels cheap, but for some reason, because it's earnest here, it works so well. Except for when he's trying to fuck over the director, and they keep it in. That, but he still gives that fantastic monologue at the restaurant about stopping all the drug dealers, and all these motherfuckers are gonna pay. <laughs> 
And he looks pissed off. Yeah. Which is great because he's actually pissed off at the director. Well, oh, that's going to be bonus points when we get to director. It will be. And I think that the big kicker here and why he's so good is that double denim is a choice. Oh, yeah. And he could pull it off. Uh, he absolutely. And the high-waisted Speedo. You can't knock him for that. He's got the bikini cut brief rocking. He's got the body because he's a Sylvester Stallone bodyguard. He calls Fujiyama a dork to his face. He's like, what are you doing with this dork? <laughs> he calls and someone else a dork. geek, too. Or like, maybe it's like that. One of the masters. He's like, yeah, look at this geek. And then she just giggles. God, what's She's a like, nice all-American woman like you doing with this dork? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he called her all-American because all-Americans have been with her? <laughs> she was. She <laughs> was just with him because, like, he gave their family money, too. It was really... Yeah. Like, not a good thing. They tried to present it that way. Like, even her mom was like, you know, he's been very good to us for many years. You just got to fuck him, Jennifer. Come on. He saved the family restaurant. I would, but I'm old. <laughs> he's old. God damn it, Jennifer. So what were we thinking, like a seven? I'm thinking like a seven. Antagonist. It's not good. Fujiyama is supposed to be the big bad. They kill him before they kill Yamashita. Yeah, they make Yamashita the big bad. And he's fine until you have their fucking cartoon fight at the end, which is just goofy as all hell. I've never seen a sword fight with as many low blocks as this. Like, whenever you pick up two <laughs> tubes of anything and you start lightsaber fighting, you're doing it up high. Yeah. These guys are living down low. Like, they're almost doing a hockey face-off. I love that they both get disarmed in this fight and then take the time to each run back and get their katanas and continue fighting. <laughs> I love that Joe gets his from, like, the first guy they killed in the shootout, which is just a dude that's walking with his sword. Just some dude walking around with a katana. I love that Joe, like, walks up like he's going to fight him, and Frank just shoots him, like Indiana Jones style. I was waiting the entire final showdown for Frank to just shoot Yamashita. That was kind of Frank's move, because yeah. he would just be out in the in the wild there and uh, waiting, instant. and someone would just walk through, and he just go... Motherfucker's gonna find bang. Where that bang. Another one down. I don't <laughs> Instead, know what we're he was doing. This isn't hard, guys. Supplying reaction shots. What about the when the fucking the gangsters go to Frank's house to rough him up, and that one dude's like, "I'm gonna remove you of this gift, this black gift." He's talking about his dick. <laughs> He's got two hands the below screen. Is they he has the two hands below screen, but they're very much like far enough away from so his body far. that it's like a good <laughs> for you. I'm going to take away this gift. This black this gift. Black gift. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, this movie's phenomenal. Yeah, it's the best movie of all time, man. I'm telling but you. But if you the like that, it's not great. Oh, no. It's Robert Zadar. Again. Well, the way that they kill Robert Zadar is bizarre, too, because he didn't so much snap his neck or break his back as he bent him just a little too far back. <laughs> like, he could have realistically yeah. walked back to Frank, and Frank's like, he he's not dead. What did you do? He's like, I slipped his L7. He's going to be pretty uncomfortable the next couple hours. I yanked his neck back, and it's it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot for a little while. You ever seen Whiplash with J.K. Simmons? I, he's not a drummer, so he doesn't have to go faster. Whiplash! <laughs> oh, Robert's a dire. Again, look him up. He looks like one of the Mount Rushmore faces, just on a human he body. He does. <laughs> it's very off-putting. They do a good job covering it with the beard in this one. You gotta keep the beard. He looks, like I said, if you ever watch Maniac Cop, which is maybe what I might pitch to you guys next, it also stars Robert Sadar, but without the beard. And as a murderous cop, come back from the dead. I'm in. Sold. You said all the right words in the right I order. I buy that. That's great. I buy that. That's great. Uh, three. 
protagonist. Sure. Three. 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 I'll, I'll come to Earth on this three. one. Screenplay. What screenplay? That, and also, what would you give Lethal Weapon? <laughs> <laughs> Lethal Weapon was actually written before they started yeah. shooting. It was a Shane Black <laughs> joint, too, which this is obviously not. But it wants to be so bad. <laughs> it wants to be. I'm going to go with a two, and it's only because I recognize that I quoted this movie multiple times today already. Mm-hmm. Yes, same. It's, it's so. slipped into my vernacular. Like, that, it's locked in. Things don't escape anymore. I hope all the words that they performed were written, and if so, I'm pitching a five. Because <laughs> just for the, <laughs> the the nurse scene alone. Do you want to fuck me? Go four. That's the rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, two twos and a five does not <laughs> equal a four. The three at best. Two twos equal a four. <laughs> That's something. I'll do a three. Yay! Yay! I've affected the outcome. <laughs> Next up is style and tone. It's a solid eight if I've ever heard an eight on this show. Honestly, uh-huh. if it was intentional, it would have been lower. But because it's not, <laughs> yes, I agree. And it does what it wants to do. Like, it fails in every aspect. Of being cool. It does what it can. Yeah, but it it looks like an 80s buddy cop movie, which is yeah. what it's setting out to do. There's no scenes at night because they couldn't afford lights. I also don't think they could have afforded to... They I don't think they had permits for most of this. They they shot a lot of this guerrilla style. Absolutely. So. A lot of stolen shots in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with an eight. Love it. Not going to argue at all. Director. I can't believe this man was 62 years old when he did this movie. I can't believe it. This was his last movie, too. It absolutely was. It broke him. It took him a long time, obviously, because of the the length of time between the pickup shots. (laughs) His actor cut all of his hair off. (laughs) We just bought... Dude, didn't even try to, like, match the wig at all. Like just the first wig they found, they're like, "We got to get this stuff on on film." So didn't comb it, didn't style it, just curls and all. Here you go, Matthew. <laughs> it was entire parts, of the, like it wasn't just like a couple scenes here and there. It was like interspersed throughout the entire movie. It was back and forth between this wig and his hair. A good way to tell a lot of it is if he's wearing a hat. The hat's almost always the wig because they're trying what they can to cover the fakeness as much as they can. But then that's even just more of a giveaway, because you're like, oh, ah, the hat doesn't even fit on his head. So many, though, dude, so. when I was watching this, it was literally like Leonardo DiCaprio meme. I'm always pointing at the screen like, ah, it's the wig! Ah, ah, it's the wig! <laughs> oh, softcore porn! I think the saddest thing about this director is he died in 2006. Yeah. And this movie became a major cold hit in 2007. Yeah, right That's after he died. So he really never actually got to see it explode. He didn't get to Wizzo. That sucks. Throw 75-year-old footballs around in the parking lot <laughs> and say that he's going to every single live screening and never show up. <laughs> I think he pulled off a masterpiece uh, four. Five? No, he had to slap this thing together. Six. Yeah, I'm okay. good on a six. You're going to keep talking yourself up the scale. I like yeah, it. Yeah, making movies is hard. It's very difficult. Uh, and this one, like, Say what you will, it follows a fucking storyline. It's muddy, but... The storyline that we gave an eight. Yeah, it gets there, sure. Uh, it's pretty clear overall what's happening, because they pretty much just come out and tell you all the time what's happening. Yeah, they have to remind you after a sex scene what the plot actually is. <laughs> it's so Maybe they look at the sex scenes are eight minutes long. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, by the way, the movie, this is what we're doing. 
Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> that old Justice League voiceover guy. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Butt Stuff. <laughs> that was pretty good. See two buttholes. You got a good announcer voice, Dave. That's what I'm writing this movie, two buttholes, because that's what you see. <laughs> so for director, we're thinking what, a four to uh, six four, range? A four. Four, four is oh, four. probably fine. Let's talk about the music, scored by Alan Dermardorosian. Yeah, he had a cat, and he let the cat rock on the piano. <laughs> yeah, and then like they attached the music to the scenes before they did the editing, so everything ends abruptly at the end of the scene. Yep. Great. <laughs> It's <laughs> what I want from my music. It's so bad. It's serviceable. It, it's also a little boring. Two would be lovely. Okay. Two. I feel like we're doing a lot of I love this movie dammiting right now. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. Quiet. But we're about to break this whole thing open because let's talk box office. Did it have one? Uh, this movie has a budget of $7,000. Oh my god, all right. <laughs> which is phenomenal. Love that. That's insanely low, though. That's it's impressive. It's so low. It's so low, which is actually going to work very much in its favor for the way we do our scoring, because it worldwide grossed $384,000, which is not a lot of money. But on that investment. But your ROI is like a 5 thousand four hundred ninety seven percent ROI. Wow. Jeez. Wow. Which on our scale has to be an eleven. Has to be. I can't has believe to be. it. It's in the thousands. Well done, Samurai Cop. They made back its money and then some. Hey man, it's the movie business. Business is in the title, baby. Exactly. And the final category is impact on the industry. It's weird because like you said, it's it's really come into its own like the last couple of decades. <laughs> the last couple of decades. <laughs> the last couple of decades is when it's really hit its stride. Uh, it existed for so long and like ambiguity. And even though like I've exposed it to you guys now, uh, I still think most people have never ever heard of this movie. It doesn't still have the like people have heard of the room, even if they've not right. seen it, they know what the room is. And still, most people would not know this movie, which I think is sad, because I think it is I feel like amazing. if you showed them some reaction gifts of Mark Fraser, Frank Washington, they'd be like, oh, okay, that's from a movie? And that's a good end. <laughs> like, if you had to elevator pitch somebody this movie, show them one scene, what would you show them? The nurse. That's what I'm thinking, too. I'd show the nurse conversation. I think that really captures the tone of the entire movie. Mm -hmm. The awkwardness, the vulgarity... The, the burnt corpse in the background. <laughs> That's just moaning as they're talking about <laughs> fucking. The most sexual <laughs> moaning I've ever heard from a burnt corpse, too. It wasn't Where really Where are the nurses moaning. when this, it's like. They're, at, they're helping pull teeth at the dental station in the same fucking wing. <laughs> the dental station, as they call it, uh -huh. yes. That is what the, well, at a dentist's office, the whole place is the dental station. You don't have a lot of dental stations within hospitals. They're, they're cleaning one of the 30 chairs that are in front of two doorways in this hallway. So many chairs. What does a hospital look like? It's like a hallway with a bunch of chairs. <laughs> How many? But that's not important right now. Over, over. This movie did get a sequel. I've never and seen the sequel. Two different Rift Tracks versions. Yeah, I've never seen the sequel, to be honest with you. Maybe it's one we could do together as a family sometime, boys. That would be fun. Absolutely. That might actually, you know what? It might be good for like a Patreon episode if we do a. Fuck that! Let's give it to the people for free. 
The people demand more Samurai Cop. Or we do a commentary. Oh, we could do that too. That's the thing. I I really almost I wanted to pitch like a joint watching with you guys. I would like to watch it. We still could. If you wanted to do a commentary, I would totally do a commentary over there. Stay tuned, folks. Yeah. Stay, Stay tuned. Because this number one, this movie's fantastic. I would watch it again right now. I'd definitely watch it with you two boys. I plan on watching it the second we are done recording <laughs> and watching the riff tracks of it, because I didn't want to use the riff tracks jokes of anything yeah. or any of their thoughts, so I didn't watch it. Same. I'm actually very excited to revisit this thing without ads. That's right. I'm going to pay for it. Yeah. Dude, yeah, if you do that, uh, I own it on the Microsoft thing, but that doesn't, I don't know if that comes with the Rift Tracks version. Well, then I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure uh, there's a, a Red Letter Media. I think they do a Rift Tracks as well to this. They have done one. Perfect. So, so the impact on the industry is definitely not zero. No. It's not zero. I would go it's not two high at it's the not very, zero. very most. Okay. Two feels generous, but yeah, fuck it, I like it. <laughs> I get so lost in the weeds on these that we're still scoring things. I'm just talking about yeah. the movie. I forget. That's the best thing about our scoring system is we forget what the score is, yeah. and then it becomes a surprise if it's the same as the Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Because Samurai Cop did receive a total score of 53. Wow. Way too high. I think we're safe. It's not way too high. Uh-oh. It's not dead on. Okay. But the tomato meter just has a couple dashes. They didn't have enough people who uh, reviewed it. They only had three. I might as well read them <laughs> at this point with only three. Tim Brayton from Alternate Ending said, confronts us with one of the most jaw-droppingly unsympathetic protagonists imaginable. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who gets paid by the word. Sebastian Zavala Khan from Mi Gusta El Cine, he said, a movie full of incompetent shots, stiff acting, ridiculous action sequences, and second-rate special effects. Loved it. And then you have Luke Parker from Voice Box Office says, I have no plans on ever watching Samurai Cop again. Fuck you, Luke. To which I say, that's foolish. Yeah, you're dumb as shit, you are dude. You're wrong. You're dude. fucking way wrong. So is the there not score? an audience score? Oh, there it is. Wait, we, we did mention forget to mention one fantastic character from the restaurant. Was the <laughs> the waiter Alfonso Rafael Federico Sebastian? <laughs> that guy. I have Alfonso. That's just Ra- his first name. Oh man, he's so over the top. Do you, do you want to know my last name? No, we don't have time. It could be a book. <laughs> Spoiler alert: He makes a return in the sequel. Oh, fantastic! Oh, right. hell yeah! Now I'm super hyped. We got to do the sequel. All right. <laughs> the audience score for this one: forty-seven percent. Oh, wow. We were surprisingly close. Way too close. Kyle, this was a fantastic choice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You're the only people I've ever been able to expose to this movie outside of my lovely wife, who also loves it because she loves terrible movies. I'm glad that you guys love it. I hope more people that enjoy terrible movies watch it because to me, as a fan of terrible movies, this is the absolute best one. It has everything you want. It has uh, so much more that you don't even know that you want till you see it. And you're like, fuck yes. <laughs> if you like bad movies, well, this is the worst one. Exactly, man. You <laughs> you cannot not love this one. So I'm glad that you boys loved it. I had a feeling that you both would because of our similar tastes and things. And I was like, yeah, this is the one. These are the yeah. gentlemen. So hell yeah, boys. I'm so happy. Excellent pick. So, Brian, I guess I got to ask you, since we love yep. this week's movie so much, this bad movie so much. Next week, it's not up to us what it's we're watching. It's not up to us. Because it's, it's the end of the listeners. month already, 
It is up to the listeners. You guys keep filling out the list, the living list. Keep submitting your picks. Filling the spots on the list. Is How many movies are on there now? 50. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> how about you, Brian? Why don't you click that little randomize button and let everybody know what we're going to be talking about next week. We are going to be talking about a pick from the one and only Dave Novak. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, no. It's the 2018 movie Climax. What? An experimental psychological horror film directed, written, and co-edited by Gaspar Noé. I like Gaspar Noé. Well, all right. Okay. Thank you so much for uh, doing that, Dave Novak. It seems like it's something he would do to us. <laughs> yeah, it is. Next week, Climax. Until then, be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, send us your movie suggestions so we don't have to do another Dave Novak pick. It's the worst rule we've ever come up with. Whatever <laughs> we pick, we have to talk about, no matter what it. it is. Of course, our patrons always get double picks. Thank you to our patrons for last month donating uh, to Extra Life and getting us. We ended up raising like $500. It was beautiful. By the way, thank you for doing that. You guys are amazing. Love you, fellas. I was telling Brian how much I love the moving out game. I'm going to pick that up. A lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's so stressful when you're working with an idiot like <laughs> You guys were were really hot and bothered, and I liked it so much. So many, It's a good dynamic to have. Also, as a fan of Friends, I know whatever it's shitty. The, the amount of times Pivot was screamed is just, it's so fitting. It was a lot, and it was unironic. It started ironic, and it got very unironic. It got very real. It was good. Somebody was telling me to pivot when he was on the pushing end of the couch. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that was great. That's the second year you guys have stepped up and done it. I love you boys so much. Thank you guys. Yeah, no problem. No, Thanks that was for having blast. us. And you thought watching us play Moving Out was fun. You should see us play Overcooked. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we really get mad. <laughs> Speaking of Patreon, this month we're going to be doing another bracket, I think. We haven't really decided yet. We should probably figure so, that out. Uh, a TBD still. And since it's halfway through the month already, possibly a commentary. Yeah, well, we'll see how it shakes out. But join us on Patreon so you get that content. And also you get double picks when you make your suggestion for our listener pick at the end of the month. You can email those to us, beermemoviepod at gmail.com. Or you can comment them on our social media. We're at beermemoviepod on Twitter because I'm not calling it X, damn it. And at beermemovie everywhere else, especially on Facebook, where we always put up a post on our recording day asking for your questions and comments. And we got one. It is Phil Hot Take Hawkins. He wrote in, he said, what is your best samurai cop movie idea where you make an unorthodox comparison of two jobs to make it an even better job? He said his best idea is Dr. Stripper. Oh, I like Dr. Stripper. like that a lot. Is samurai a job? I mean, in the seventh samurai, they're all hired help. Yeah. That's true. That's okay. got to count for something. Yeah. And me even just mentioning Seven Samurai is officially the most Japanese thing that's been done on this episode. <laughs> uh, not a lot of Kur Kurosawa references in this episode. Surprising. Yeah, somehow, huh? I respect the man. Not going to do that. <laughs> the heavy weapons lumberjack. <laughs> okay, I'd watch that. Astronaut Barber. Ooh. That's an exciting one. A hair's going to get everywhere. Oh, it's a mess. I'll go with gynecologist garbage man. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to watch that one. <laughs> nope, I don't think we are. 
Directed by Amir Sherman. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> he, he directed this one. He got all the same same people. I keep it hot and ready for you, Joe. <laughs> Phil, thank you so much for the question. Kyle, where can everybody find you? At the old experience grind place. If you don't find the gear, you're in the wrong year. Ooh. That's the saying we're coining for forever now. I'll put it on a plaque and everything. <laughs> That's it. If you don't see the gear, you're in the wrong year. <laughs> so look for experience grind. We got the gear, y'all. You're the best, buddy. Thanks so much for gifting us this one coming on. Yeah. Thank you for talking about no, it with big me. Big thanks for this movie. You guys are so welcome. I knew you would appreciate it. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Brian, you got anything else? That is it for me. Fantastic. We're going to see everybody next week for Climax. We'll see you then.